0: This is Good Better Broker, a podcast from UWM.
1: In this market, independent mortgage brokers need to turn over every stone to drive business. Under one of those stones are non-agency loans. How can brokers position themselves as experts in this category? You're about to find out as we talk with two high-producing brokers who have made these loans a big part of their playbook. Episode 20 of Good Better Broker is coming up.
0: This information is provided to mortgage professionals only and is not intended for or authorized for consumer distribution. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice or endorsements of any kind.
1: All right, let's get into it as we bring in Eric Eisenberg, mortgage broker with Expert Home Loans out of Orange County, California. Eric, welcome aboard. Justin, thank you so much for having me. I've been following this
0: podcast since you started. It's, it's a great podcast, super helpful for other mortgage brokers out there.
1: And uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. Well, we, we appreciate you saying that. That's very kind of you. A uh, Bit of background on you for our listeners. You've been in the business for 23 years now. And check this out, folks. Last year, Eric did north of $100 million in volume, and that is without any team that's all by himself, and he had a one hundred percent closing ratio and Eric, a big, big part of your business is non agency loans. so I want you to tell our listeners you know your perspective on these loans and why you think they really need to be an emphasis for other brokers in this market
0: so so to make things you know pretty to, to, to simpler, simplify it, I would say that uh what I've seen recently is that the, the big banks who are always competing with neck, neck and neck, sometimes we're beating them a little bit, sometimes they're beating us. Right now, uh, they're beating us by anywhere from 75 to 125 basis points on most conventional loans, or ju- especially jumbo loans. So at this point, we can't just sit, sit back and die uh, and let, let them take our business and take our realtor relationships. We need to uh, fight back with with. The tools that we have that they cannot compete with. They are not allowed to do uh, non agency loans, bank statement loans, DSCR, and they don't have the ability to to close as quickly as as we do.
1: So, give us an idea of of the role that the non agency loans have played in your business. You know, I mentioned the success that you've had. What piece of that or what part of that has been due to the work you were doing on the non agency side?
0: I wouldn't know as a percentage, but I would say a lot of my real estate agent relationships come through because of non-agency and those blossom into, you know, conventional loans, jumbo loans, FHA, VA, and, and continuing non-agency. Um, also, these, the most non-agency uh, borrowers are self-employed and a lot of them are, spheres of influence in their community. And and those referrals have also blossomed into new relationships for me as well.
1: So give us an idea, Eric, of, of how you've done it. How have you become uh, an expert in this space? How have you kind of dialed in on on this area of the business? So,
0: you know, as you said before, 23 years experience, I'm, I'm 38 years old. So I actually started doing mortgage when I was 16. So, uh, during this time there's been millions of dollars of mistakes made but what i've done is i've tried to learn from each one and learn from the markets and uh when i saw that that with non-agency i was in a non-competitive space i was only competing with other brokers and a lot of people were not focusing on that they were focusing on refinances so over the last couple of years i've actually positioned myself where I haven't allowed myself to do over a 50% refinance rate. I think maybe it was like 38% last year. And I focused on these non-agency deals to, to you know, number one, make the relationships, and number two, be able to open the door for refinances with those clients
1: down the line. You might be the first mortgage broker I've met, by the way, who was doing mortgages before he could drive a car. So, uh, sixteen years old, and he's and he's in the mortgage business. That is uh, that is just incredible, right there. But but based on all that experience you have, Eric, uh, what's your approach? You know, this is sales after all, and, and you've been doing this for quite some time. So, how do you talk to clients when, when you're on the phones, especially about the the non agency loans?
0: So so <clears throat> with sales. It's very important for me to to not do sales. Uh, it, it, it's it's uh, people people hear it, people realize it, people do do not want to be on the other end of the phone when this, a quote unquote salesperson is trying to sell them something. So what I try to do is put myself in their shoes. You know, I've been self employed. I've been an investor. Um, I we we are self-employed as mortgage brokers also loan officers. So so you look at the give and take and and what are you offering? So a lot of times when when you're speaking to a self-employed borrower that needs to use bank statements for instance uh the big talking point is going to be the interest rate and if, if markets at 4% and you're, and you're typically 2% above market or markets at 5% you're typically 2% above market, the first instinct that they're gonna have is to say, no, you know this is, this is a scam, it doesn't sound good. So on the initial call, I'm gonna let them know a couple of different things. I'm gonna let them know, number one, we don't make more money on these loans than we do on conventional financing, typically. Um, so there's no benefit in me doing this for you, rather than giving you a conventional loan. Uh, the second thing I'm gonna let them know is basically breaking down the the their tax returns and the reason why they would need a non-QM loan and now, or a non-agency loan. So So now what's gonna end up happening is we're going to look at the actual numbers and we're going to see hey, you could pay an extra $20,000 a year in interest, or you know, stop writing off $150,000 worth of expenses and pay you know, $60,000, $70,000 to the IRS. Another red flag that I could potentially raise is if you are showing that you make $150 a year and then $150,000, 150 dollars $150,000, 150 dollars 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 you know that could also cause a red flag to be raised, and you know make someone uncomfortable. So I think like the way that I like to position it to explain to clients is you could either do a non-agency loan, or you could potentially wait and do a, a conventional, uh, you know, or or Fannie Mae Freddie Mac agency loan. Um, but with the non-agency loan, number one, you're locking in your price now, so you, you're not going to have to worry about paying five or ten percent. Higher on the home value to save two percent on the mortgage, it doesn't make sense. And number two, I think that that it's important to explain that there are other options could just be hard money. So when you compare a seven percent to a ten
1: percent, rather than a seven percent to a five percent, the seven percent starts to sound a lot better. So, so that's what you say. I, I also want you to tell our listeners what you ask uh, because you are big on asking some. Some atypical questions, as you told me. Uh, Why is that important, especially in this category?
0: You know, I, I ask my borrowers everything. And if I feel like they might be uncomfortable, I'll always tell them, like, speak to me as if you're speaking to a doctor or a lawyer. I need to know everything because if there's a surprise during the underwriting process, We need to be ahead of it. So if you're separated from your wife and you're paying, you know, uh, spousal support, I want to know this. I want to know, you know, did you co-sign for your mother's car? I'm going to ask them about all these different things and I'm going to get to know the client also. I want to know how your business is going. Um, have you ever had any issues? How'd you get into this business? You know, do you consider yourself successful? Are you hiring people? Are you, um, I like to know all the details of their business, and it also builds more of a rapport or relationship with the client as well, in order to make sure that their income is qualified before they file the tax returns. And then we'll do the refinance.
1: All right, so you just brought me to my next question. Uh, you mentioned the CPA um, and, and how these loans, Eric, have helped open doors for you with both accountants and financial advisors, and what what the impact of that has been on your business.
0: That, I mean, that's been unbelievable. Um, what I've realized, and I'm not being biased over here, is a lot of times uh, CPAs or financial advisors will get on the phone as if they know mortgages better than you do. And that's never the case. It's never the case. And, and with me, I'm never combative, but within one to two minutes, they realize that I'm the professional when it comes to mortgages and they should kind of stay in their role. Um, and I'll also disagree with them a lot of times. Uh, my, my accountant who I've been using for 22 years, he's, he's dubbed me a street accountant. <laughs> but but uh, I think what, what's ended up happening is these CPAs and these financial advisors have seen us be, be creative with these non-agency loans. And I would say 80% of the time, they have a client in their mind, oh, this guy was trying to buy through you know, this big bank and they weren't able to because they're, you know, and I was sending them P&Ls and this and that, and they, and, and they never qualified. So most of the time they'll know and I'll always get a referral.
1: So I, I know that you, you really believe that, that more mortgage brokers need to, to get into this space uh, to do more, not agency loans. Um, and I also know that for you, you know, this didn't just happen overnight. you really done your homework, uh, reading the guidelines, reading the selling guides. You probably got one sitting right next to you right now as as we're doing this interview. But but what, what is your advice for others out there, Eric, who are looking to kind of do, do what you've done, uh, at least to, to some extent?
0: I, I don't have the selling guide right next to me because I have it in my head.
1: Oh, OK. Either <laughs> better.
0: You know, it, it it's like it's funny because one of the, uh, you know, a lot of religious people could, could, you know, cite the Bible right off the top of their head. And how many times have they read this, right? Now, whenever I've trained people, I've always said, you need to be great at one thing for the rest of your life. You need to know one thing. You, we, If you ask my wife, I don't know how to screw in a light bulb, but there's nobody better at mortgages than, than, than me. Um, so... What I'm going to do is I'm going to, if there's anything tricky in a, in a file, which almost every client does have something tricky, I'll read the guidelines. I'll call the account reps. I'll, I'll you know, speak to different banks, speak to different lenders. I'll make sure everything's okay before I agree to take on the loan, and I'll manage expectations during this process. So uh, I'll often tell clients, like, hey, the buck stops here. If I, if I can't get it done, there's nobody in the country that can get this done. But, you know, you got to, have to work with me, you have to send me this information, and then I'll, I'll get okays and I'll get sign offs or I'll read guidelines and, and find uh, the ways to get things done before accepting a file.
1: He is Eric Eisenberg, mortgage broker out of Orange County, California with expert home loans. And yes, he is, in fact, an expert in this space. Eric, we appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge with our listeners.
0: Can I uh, plug my
1: Instagram also really quick? You sure can, please do.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm constantly posting uh, videos on my Instagram writing guidelines, tips for mortgage brokers, realtors. It's at Expert Home Loans. So it's just the company name, Expert Home Loans.
1: There you go, check it out. Eric, thanks again, we really appreciate it. Justin, it's been great having you here, thanks. Are you a retail loan officer or mortgage banker? Looking for a career change that will give you more flexibility, speed and earning potential? Our team of experts at BeAMortgageBroker.com can help you make the switch to wholesale. Get started today at BeAMortgageBroker.com. All right, let's bring in our next guest. She is Brenna Carl's CEO and founder of The Mortgage Shop, based in Sevierville, Tennessee. Brenna, welcome to the show. What's up? So a little bit about you. Uh, This is mind blowing, 68 million in production, in Q1 this year, that's just in the first quarter. So uh, you're obviously doing a lot of things right. And Brenda, for you, the focus is short-term and long-term rentals. You've been in this market now for about five years. Uh, this represents the majority of your business, uh, and you specialized in these types of properties even going back to your days uh, working at a bank. So just just for starters, describe the role uh, that these loans have played in growing your business.
2: Yeah, definitely. So. Here in Sevierville or the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, it's probably it's one of the number one uh, tourist attractions in the United States. And so when I started out originating loans, um, I just kind of got into that niche and uh, started financing the the bigger cabins here. And a lot of people think Abraham Lincoln when they think cabins, but these cabins have uh, indoor theaters, indoor pools, indoor putt putt golf ranges, stuff like that. And so they're they're insane. Um, and so I started that, and then I started just branching out to areas that I like to vacation and study those areas. So like the panhandle, I just became more popular in that area. My business started expanding and I realized that the bank was making a lot of money off of me. And I knew that I could probably start this or hope to start this with better products for my customers and be able to open up my own shop um, to be able to give that to them.
1: So so this is a niche, right? This is not just, you know, your garden variety uh, alone. So walk us through how you really positioned yourself as an expert in this category.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I've been around these rentals my whole life. Um I've been in the tourist industry for a long time, the entertainment industry before. Uh, I became a loan originator. I was cool. I used to be cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to perform and sing. I was lead singer in town and I was a background singer for Dolly for a short period of time.
1: I'm sorry. And, did You say Dolly as in Dolly Parton? Yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: And so I knew the area. I knew it already. You know, I knew this business already going into it. And um, I just started that niche and and just grew and literally hit the ground running. I mean, I was working... So many hours for the first two and a half years just to try to get my name out there in the business, and then it just exploded, and that's how I got into it.
1: That that is pretty cool. We all just learned something that uh, we didn't know about you. Uh, so, all right, how how do you sell the investment property? The the DSCR alone. You know, what is what is that kind of the the strategy or the approach that you go into when when working with you know your your clients on these types of deals?
2: Yeah, so I sell it because you know the cash flow that you can get from investment properties are more than you can get, you know, saving in your 401k or your stocks and stuff like that. It's a greater rate of return, much faster. And so we, we sell it that way, but we also sell it, you know, the DSCR products great for people that want to expand their portfolio very quickly. And let's say, you know, they can't file their tax return yet this year, they're already capped debt to income wise. So the DSCR products great for them because they can expand their portfolio as quickly as they can if they have the assets, you know, in the credit. And then that way they can obtain these properties, start cash flowing uh, with these properties without having to wait a whole year to file their tax return to show more income.
1: What about the rates, Brenna? How do you kind of talk the borrower through uh, the higher rates that that they might see on on these particular loans?
2: So your general population is going to be sticker price shocked, right? From these interest rates. And it's the the broker or the loan originator's job to educate them about the numbers behind the interest rate. And so you run the numbers with them, you know, it's not a magic number of what they're going to cash flow. It's personal to you. How much do you want to net per year? How much is your time worth, basically? And so we go over that with the customer. And then they see, you know, the six and a half percent interest rate, and they're like, geez, that's that's really high. It was like 5% two years ago for investment. And I'm like, yeah, well, let's let's look let's look at the price behind that. So they're like, even six percent, you know, three months ago. And I say, okay, the difference between a six and a six and a half. Let's look at your monthly payment because that's what matters, right? What's your monthly payment? And we look, and it might be a hundred dollars more. Okay, so put a coffee bar in your, you know, short term rental or long term rental. Make it a little nicer. Make it a niche, and up your daily rental income or monthly rental income, like. to $120 more per month, and then you've got it covered. And so when they see that and they realize it's not that much difference between the payments, then they're like, oh, like I thought it was gonna be a lot more. So education is key to educating these clients because they're, you know, if they, if they knew what they were doing, they would be in this industry as well. So
1: Talked about this earlier, but uh, this number just just blows my mind. Ninety nine percent of your clients are in the second and investment loans category. Um, when you when you think about the investor client, Brenna, you know why is that an appealing one to kind of build your business around?
2: Because one, they're not making any more land. Really, so like we're not we're not building any more land, right? And so we we try to get these clients to show you know get as much real estate as you can if you can afford it and if it's you know good for your long term goals because you will have equity in the property. Not only will you have equity, there's more tax benefits. Obviously, I'm not a CPA, but you can claim a lot of things on your Schedule E like depreciation, amortization, mortgage interest, things of that nature. So even if you did take a loss initially because your first year you're putting your down payment in and everything like that it's still tax deductible. So there's still all these benefits even in the first year. Now let's get down to year 5, year 7. They've started to pay down their mortgage, they have equity in the property. They can then hand these properties down in their family to help their coming family help keep them building generational wealth. And it's like it's very hard to be able to do that with any other thing like stocks, bonds like yeah, you may make money over 35 years. But how can you make that much money? How can you make $100,000 in a year off of a stock? You really can't unless you put a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money in it, as opposed yeah. to getting a million dollar property, putting 20% down, and you're making you know, that back in the first year.
1: All right. Tell me about the referrals now. Uh, you know, how, how has your business and, and the way that you've structured it led you to uh, you know, getting lots of referrals and, and what you've seen uh, in that respect as far as your business goes?
2: Yeah. So you really want to know what you're doing before you market yourself towards a certain product. So if you want to start specializing in this, you need to know the areas you're wanting to specialize in. You need to know them backwards and forwards. You need to know if they cash flow. If they don't cash flow, you don't need to be offering this product probably in that area. And when we talk to our clients, we first ask them, okay, what's your long term goals? You know, what are you wanting right now? But what are your long term goals? So we can make sure this fits your long term goals. Then they're going to have questions like, well, how do I know if it's cash flowing? And like, "Okay, let's look at the area. Let me see, you know, what the average is for a two bed, two bath or something. Let's say a two bed, two bath with a a little bit of a view of a mountain. Let's see that. Here's your monthly payment. You probably with let's take 30 percent for tourist tax or what have you, you know, CapEx and all of that stuff. This is probably, you know, roughly what you may net. Are you good with that? And any lender that can kind of just run rough numbers really quick like that and know the area, you don't have any competition because you're offering something that they can't get anywhere else.
1: You're obviously in a, in a hot tourist spot uh, where you are in, in the Great Smoky Mountains. You talked about that a bit earlier. And you really think that other mortgage brokers out there should be looking at specific geographic areas um, that are similar to where you are. Uh, explain that, if you will.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like if you like we talked about somebody in Michigan, right, and they're sitting in Michigan and their broker, you know, look at the lake areas, look at the skiing areas, educate yourself on that because people are vacationing there, too, in the wintertime to go skiing, to do all those things. So look at the numbers. You can, you know, you can find a lot of information online seeing, you know, you can either even look at. Things like Vecasa, even though you know you don't want to look at the rental property management because they're more short-term rental, but it just kind of gives you an idea, and you can start marketing yourself towards that. And each single one that you do, um, you'll learn more and more about, and then you can keep growing your portfolio. Like, hey, I make my business solely off referrals. You know, if you know anybody that's wanting to invest or make gener- uh, build generational wealth, please let them know about me.
1: She is Brenda Carl's CEO and founder of the Mortgage Shop in beautiful Sevierville, Tennessee. We'll have to get down there and check out some of those cabins you talked about sometime. I want to see one of these things myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brenna. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now with more expert advice from independent mortgage brokers around the country. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Good Better Broker.